0: One thing that I heard that I think is really helpful is kids aren't expensive, lifestyles are expensive. Because mm. I think we think kids are really, really, really expensive, they're yeah. not. You know, it's really, really, really expensive having to get that new baby swing every time you have a baby. <laughs> you know, it's really expensive uh, having to get, you know, all these, you know, x diapers and clothes and onesies and that cool little new thing that comes with an app that allows you to rock your baby to sleep. That's expensive. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week. Real life. Which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Jeff and Alyssa here.
1: Oh, I didn't get to say my name.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's try that one more time. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. we got a special episode for you today. First of all, we like to jump right into it, but I will say, man, it it was... uh, Do you guys ever have those days where you're tired, but it was fulfilling? I don't get to work with my hands that often, but today got to do that by installing new flooring in our garage. And Alyssa got to paint. So we were both, guys, we're usually talkers and typers. Today we were
1: <laughs> you still type. painters
0: and installers. Yeah, today was a long day, guys. Yeah. Got up at four, mm-hmm. worked on my next book edits. We chose the uh, the final cover of the next book. The book comes out in October. You probably won't kind of see anything legitimate on it for a couple months. That's how that schedule works. But I'm excited for it. Did all that. Got up early, worked on edits. Then we I picked the cover later in the day. Then worked on like installing new flooring in the garage all day then went uh, like 45 minutes away and picked up a couch with a buddy of mine during dinner. So it was a long day and now we're doing this. So we're still working. I've been up since four and I'm grinding. Hashtag no sleep. (laughs) Hashtag joking because I don't believe in that gospel. It's a false gospel. Galatians. That's what Paul was talking about.
1: I'm going to cut you off there. We're just a little, um, what do you call that?
0: Slap happy, loopy, tired, need coffee. Oh guys, we have an espresso machine on the way in the mail. And about to make some shots. <laughs> Double shots. Okay, we're just going to jump in. We're also thinking uh, of
1: making our own oat milk. Oh, yeah, so if that's you've duck tried soup, tried it, though. let us know.
0: Yeah. And if you guys don't know, duck soup is a phrase in Hawaii. Uh, no one really uses it anymore. It's an old phrase. but it just no means No one uses like, it anymore? No, I don't hear anyone say it. But yeah. it just means easy. So apparently duck soup must have been easy to make. That's why I'm guessing the etymology <laughs> of that phrase. Because now when something's easy, you just say, oh, bro, duck soup. Um, but no one says that anymore. Like I said, it's an old, old pigeon adage or a or, or little verb or phrase, or whatever that word is. Well, yes, what are we
1: talking about today, babe?
0: If anyone's made their it's own oatmeal, surprise milk.
1: to me, too. Oh, okay. Well, the reason why I want oat milk is because when I was pregnant, we went to Portland, and I got this latte. It was... When was that? Summer?
0: Yeah, Barista, which if you guys are in barista, Portland, it's a great coffee shop. it was an
1: oatmeal cookie latte. Guys. And they
0: used oat milk, so it even was like I really I still true. dream
1: about it. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew all the things they put in it. It was literally the best latte I've ever had. So... Maybe we can recreate
0: it. Yes, totally. Uh, Okay, so what's
1: the topic today?
0: Family size. We're going to talk about family size. We're going to do this in reverse, guys. Usually we'll do podcasts and then I'll take the podcast to Instagram and people will then we'll have a fun conversation a couple weeks later on Instagram. This one is the reverse where I posted a kind of a Jeff dad thoughts. If you don't know that hashtag, it's like a hashtag I've done over the last couple of years where I try to post more like hopefully um, unique or creative thoughts on fatherhood and parenting to get people thinking and get a conversation going. And one of the Jeff dad thoughts was about family size. And I just talked about a couple of the ways I think we think through that question pro- improperly or in an unhealthy way or a trajectory that takes us in a bad place. And it was a really fun conversation. I can always usually tell an Instagram is a really fun kind of more on fire conversation, meaning like I, I really enjoy it. And I think it's really good discussion when it gets over like maybe 90 to hundred comments. And I think this one was like 180 or 200 or something. So this was a really fun conversation to have with you guys. Um, and you can go find that on the hashtag Jeff, Jeff, dad's thoughts, Jeff's dad thoughts, uh, probably like, you know, one or two posts back once you're listening to this. Um, but I wanted to kind of, because of the discussion, I actually want to spend more time on that then rather than just a caption. So whether you're single married, I do think it's a relevant conversation, but obviously this one will be a little bit more particular to people and families and, um, uh, with kids. But, uh, but yeah, cause I do think in our stage with toddlers and everyone, even if you, want kids or don't have kids or maybe whatever, that's the question you first get usually right when you get married. And and so you're kind of forced upon thinking about this question. I like feel you
1: asked that question even in elementary school. Remember, <laughs> okay, maybe kids don't do this anymore, but remember, did you ever do this when you played MASH uh-uh. people? MASH or MASH Co.? And you like put the three boy names of the guys that you could marry. How, <laughs> then the next one was like, how many kids are you going to have? Where are you going to live? What's your job going to yeah. be like? Are you going to live in a condo, an outhouse, a mansion? Do you remember doing that? <laughs> uh-uh. Okay, maybe that's just the girls. Anyway, if you're a girl, I feel like this is a topic you've been talking about for your whole life that is funny at least if you're in my generation that's fair that's fair okay
0: okay so i'm gonna pull it back up guys and i'll just read a couple a quick summary so essentially what i want to talk about is i want to talk about the two things that i talked about and then we can kind of bounce back and forth on that and then there were some really good probably i'd say there's probably two or three good um honest questions then around this idea like kind of what if or what about and so we'll talk about our two reasons and then those three kind of i think questions and dialogues that were really fun to have with you guys um, and so, yeah, and I think it's something you have to be thinking about. Like Alyssa said, whether even in elementary, whether it's when you get married, it's forced upon you. Now, let me just start with the absolute 100% caveat that this conversation is like, we don't create our own future. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's like, I hope that's given. I hope that's granted. We're going to have the conversation based on those terms. So you can still talk about these things and think about these things, but I just want to say without a shadow of a doubt, God is sovereign. He's the creator of life. He works in complex, mysterious ways. We also are still under a curse in a lot of regards. He works through that curse to bring new creation and blessing. He's mysterious and crazy and different and unique and fresh, and our plans aren't his plans. That should all go without being said, but I said it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, we're not ha- we're like in this conversation, it's not like, oh, how many, what's the perfect family size? Now just go do it. That's not how this works. But we should be asking ourselves questions and be planning intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, just like what God has for us in our team and our mission. Mm-hmm. So the first, the two ideas that I said, I think are kind of problematic is this. And the first one is to make any family size decision, meaning how many kids we think we should have based on the idea that the kids are consumption vehicles instead of contribution vehicles. And what I said on Instagram was, Children in the past tended to be seen as blessings that would actually expand your family's capacity for creating and contributing. You know, think more kids equals more help in the family trade or the family farm. But the narrative started to shift the more our entire culture started leaning from contribution to consumerism, which was around early 1900s. This can be traced secular, religious, whoever's studying it. All sociologists agree that we leaned heavy consumerist the minute, uh, kind of right at the turn of that century. Now, we subtly can believe the lie that each new kid added to the team can just now suck more life and resources and assets and time and energy from us rather than give it. So then we choose to not have more because that sounds like more draining. We don't say it out loud, but it's easy to feel this in our hearts. We believe kids don't primarily give us something; we believe they primarily take something from us.
1: Can I interrupt real quick?
0: Well, that was I, well, you're not interrupting. I was that was the last oh. sentence, and I was going to say, "Take oh, it from here, babe." Uh,
1: well, no, I wanted you here if you want to expand on that. But I think part of it too because um, I don't know history very well, so at the turn of the century. But even like, um, I feel like, oh, what was I going to say? You got it. My turn of the Well, sensor. part of it, like I was just talking to my parents a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, I think it was when, you know how, like, is it generations that kind of swing to certain things? So like when they were growing up, it was like the kids couldn't talk. You kind of had to be silent, like, unless if you were spoken to kind of thing
0: seen not heard seen not or heard not seen not heard or whatever that And then when was,
1: yeah. when they had kids so my like when I was a kid then the culture really shifted to a child centered home which obviously brings a lot of um uh consequences and like it just isn't the best that's not what god wanted like we're not supposed to have a child-centered home and so but i think within that then with the child-centered home it would make sense why kids are a consumption via like consumption and i think part of it like i grew up i feel like with the lie that like oh we shouldn't i don't know maybe it was like real subtle or maybe i just somehow picked up on it and it. i don't know why i did but just like we should be like Um, pouring into our kids and giving them the best opportunities and you know you don't have kids to like help you work on the farm that's like Wrong, and we should be, you know what I mean? Yes, However, yeah. you say that, like, I just kind of had this thing, like, oh, we should never ask our kids to do those things. They should let them be kids. And so, I think, in a way, yes, like, yes, of course, let them be kids. But then, I think it, we lost that whole thing of, hey, we're a family, and the family, we need each other. We are on mission together. We have a job to do, whatever your job and mission is as a family. And so, then, I think. We somehow lost that, like, oh, kids are a blessing and God gives them to us to fulfill the mission he's calling us on. And it turned into a child centered home and kind of just like, well, and the nesting idea and like sitting our kids out and be individual and do the best that they can do. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think even at the turn of the century, but yes, even just like, I feel like when I was growing up, that was all kind of in the, um, you're just staring at me. No,
0: I agree. Keep going. <laughs>
1: In the mix. And yeah. I could even see like growing up, that was the lie. I kind of believe like if I have children, it would never be to work on the farm, like yeah. to have more workers. It would be to like be able to disciple them and raise them up. Yeah. But somehow both can be true. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I think that's actually a point I wasn't thinking of that I think is warranted of talking about is like, and, and this, is, this has been shown with like the helicopter parenting generation and us just being obsessed You know, it's kind of a mixed bag of like us wanting to have the best for our kid, but a lot of us, it's actually us putting our own idols and burdens on our kid for them to be perfect so that we feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But there is like, we are in a culture that just does more for the kids than ever. Mm -hmm. Like ever, like we are obsessed with our kids, right? And I think in a wrong way, in Mm -hmm. a bad way, like that a hundred years, I wasn't thinking about this line of thinking, but I think you're right. That like, yeah, hundred years ago, you could have 10 kids and it wasn't that hard because you had 10 kids and then they just like went outside and played or like that was it. <laughs> well,
1: even my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like, all the time. yeah, your dad has
0: crazy stories about him going like on random walks when he's five years old he, like you guys he far went far away and like you know <laughs> he
1: went on his first date when he was five he, well, he took a girl first date but no yeah. he did he took a girl to the movies well, no, it think, was 25 cents
0: i think that's your dad being a little no
1: like... that's for real when he was five years old <laughs>
0: okay but either way that proves the point of like we he
1: would leave at like 8 8 yeah. like 7 a.m and come back at five yeah.
0: The reason we're burnt out a lot of us are burnt out parenting is because we spend every waking hour and minute trying to do absolutely almost impossible standards for our kids the best education the best food the best thought process the (laughs) best tutoring the best clothes the best way to walk on their feet so they don't get plantar fasciitis when they're 27 the best muscle to press on so they don't develop arthritis like it's just every like literally we obsess about every little issue for our kids and i'm like people just didn't do that back then right no they didn't so that's now, but i mean in a I way i think, think
1: our parenting
0: was well, i say i think the pendulum we're much swings, more
1: intentional that's what i was just gonna say and, but I,
0: yeah. I i i one thing i'll never do even though we talk about the past a lot is romanticize it mm-hmm. there's also certainly a level of like there was not very that some not all that some parents had no intimacy with their kids no mm-hmm. like intentionality they didn't know their kids hearts um and i think that's wrong so I, I think if we can land somewhere in the middle of like not expecting our kids to be super children but then and also trusting that like man. They are, I think we, here's another way to put it. I think where it does get wrong for our generation, we do need to be intimate with them, love them, have a relationship with them, be about their hardship with their hearts. Where it gets wrong for us is where we get, where we feel incumbent or burdened to entertain them. Mm. I mean, like it's our job yeah. to always make sure that every minute of their waking hour is filled with something mm-hmm. that's problematic. That's problematic, right? Cause we do that with sports We do that with entertainment, whether that's screens, we do that with all these different things where we feel that we have some enormous responsibility to somehow fill their void, their void time right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, it's like, no, you're bored. Then you're bored, right? You have nothing to play with. Well, then you actually have zero imagination because there's a ton right out there in the backyard, right? Like there's a million, like that, that game I actually think is real bad about our culture, Mm -hmm. right? Of like that you are responsible and no wonder we're burnt out because you got three, you, you have two kids and you're trying to do that. You're trying to fill every waking hour with something special and spectacular and awesome and crafty and beautiful. And and if you want to do that and you actually doesn't burn you out, then I think you actually totally should. And you probably have a gift for that. So invite people over (laughs) and let other kids come into it but a lot of us that's like that's too much i think much. even like sense?
1: yes and even on like a Alyssa level i'll call that i'll say that um i think sometimes i've caught myself where i'll be up at night um on pinterest and see all these cute crafts or all these toddler activities and feel like okay the next day i like what am i gonna do with the kids and i really have a heart to be intentional with them just spend time with them like i really that's a huge priority to me But I can get in this site, this...
0: But that's different though than... Yes, yes, yes.
1: But sometimes I can go a little wayward when then I'm like, okay, I need to plan out this whole activity. I need to have it look Pinterest perfect. And you know, like for me, I know when I'm being... The heart of it has been lost and it's more about perfectionism or having it all planned out or whatever. And so I think sometimes that, you know, I just have to constantly check my heart and like I can plan a little activity, but then let them be creative with it. It yes. doesn't have to look like a Pinterest. It never looks like what yeah. it is on Pinterest or like the last couple of days we've been working on. Yeah, what on did big- you say the
0: other day? You were like, I saw it on Pinterest. It's easy. <laughs> and I said famous last words. I was like,
1: can't you just words. build a Murphy bed? I saw it on Pinterest. <laughs> it looked pretty easy. And I
0: said famous last words that pretty much everyone has died from.
1: Um, But... And that's really fun and special, but I'm learning. And maybe it's just the kids age too. But the last few days we've been working on our garage and the kids have been out there and they've just been playing with their like so imaginative. Yeah, and playing with the trash I'm creating
0: and the wrappers from the floor. And and it's been so
1: fun watching them and then to be a part of it, like to ask questions, like to go to the store with them. What are you going to buy here? Like that is, I think, what am I, what am I trying to say? I think sometimes when we go online and try to, like, recreate something, we lose the magic of just letting their imaginations run wild and just having creative play with them. We don't have to have a whole um, schedule or planned out, but we can just kind of enter their world. And obviously, when they get into school, that's different. Like, you need to have more planning things. But that's just like a... No, it's true, that and guys, like, no. and, and, and
0: and well, what's cool is We're I, I like think really I think we try to I th- no, I think we try to do this well, or at least we shoot for it, where we don't, we definitely don't take the philosophy of you know trying to entertain every minute for them but we also don't take the philosophy of like oh you go entertain yourself goodbye don't be around me mm-hmm. i think we actually really like hanging out together as a family and then specifically doing stuff with them but you kind of welcome them leading it and making sure and setting a low bar of like
1: well i think because i've just learned it goes so much better when yeah
0: well, that's what i'm saying like, like for example <laughs> for example today you know you know i bought 500 square feet of flooring so that's whatever 5 250 pieces And they're, you know, 99 cents a piece. So to me, I was like, okay, it's worth a dollar for me to take one piece. Or I did this yesterday to take one piece, give it to Kinsley, give her a pencil and give her a tape measure and just kind of say like, do whatever you want. And she, for a long time, kind of pretended like she was working with me and measuring it and drawing lines. And she was like, you know, and it was, first of all, I thought it was hilarious it's cute mm-hmm. and I'm like man that's kid that was that was that. Mm-hmm. like I wasn't some special toy that I got from Toys R Us it was like an yeah. extra piece of flooring for 99 cents mm-hmm. but it kind of included her in it we're doing it and so like we try to always intentionally think like that um, family size though okay so <laughs> but I think that one matters I think that little conversation yeah. I like where that mm-hmm. went for a second because I think that matters because then it does because then adding another child to our level of parenting perfection we're trying to mm. do does that make us like a lot of suffocate pressure. and pressure yeah when you're not, you're not, you're, you're you're adding it to the team. And in some sense, and this exposes, by the way, if we're a collection of individuals or if we're a team, because any baseball team I've ever played on, adding one more person only helped the team. Mm. Only helped the team. No one goes, oh my goodness, all our assets and our resources and our talent is just going to be <laughs> drained. You're like, oh man, I'm so glad we got a better pitcher. You know, like we have another pitcher now. Mm-hmm. We have another person that can play left field, right? Maybe there's some like, you know, Things you have to work with emotionally with someone bringing on the team of like, oh man, I might have to sit on the bench more or whatever. But in general, from like a resources and a draining standpoint, I've never, like no one does that. Mm -hmm. You feel most drained on a team, on a sports team when, when it starts dwindling and when people get injured. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating, right? Yeah. So it kind of shows you are a collection of individuals because only a collection of individuals gets really upset when they have to share resources, assets, and energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Teams don't. They want more because then that actually can help the team.
1: Yeah.
0: So that, that's that's really really important. Can so, I? Oh, go ahead. No, yeah.
1: Can I play devil's advocate? Uh, or not yet?
0: Maybe we're we're like twenty minutes in and I kind of we're on our first point still. So. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Go on.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: We can go to the second point. I can bring it up later. Go ahead. I just a couple questions I was thinking of. What if like financially you can't afford? Yeah, that was one more of the children. Ones, yeah. And then also as a mom, like what if you feel like. Um, like you couldn't add another because you want to be really intentional with your kids and like one more would just be too much.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that then. So the three, I think the three things, and by the way, I also don't love when I think specifically religious families usually make kind of make this blanketed statement of like bigger families better. I think that's Mm -hmm. not helpful either. I think like here's, here's what we'll explicitly say and we'll be as clear as possible. I think God has a specific team size for you, you and your marriage, your family, like if you're a couple or whatever, whoever's listening. And that's not the same as your neighbor or Mm -hmm. your friends. He has a specific team size in mind for you. That could be no kids, one kid, eight kids, I don't know. It could be adopted kids, it could be biological kids, it could be foster kids, it could be spiritual kids in the sense of like mentoring and shepherding people in your community. But the question is, do we can, the the what I want to be crystal clear in is we do a huge disservice and I think we lose out on a lot of joy and a lot of intimacy with the Lord when we don't let him take us to the team he wants us to take us because we're operating and making decisions primarily based on consumption, the first one I said, and then the second one is fear, mm-hmm. meaning like, yeah. oh, He's he, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He can't handle it or I can't handle it or we can't do it, mm-hmm. which thus then usually means we think the Lord can't do it. So that's what we're saying. I just want that. That's the thesis of our that's family good. size theology. Of yeah. we I, I, I actually don't like when people say it's it's a certain amount. That's that's dumb. That's unhelpful. That's unhealthy. But I do think some families are getting those tubes tied a little too early. Mm-hmm. I do think they're getting whatever the sni- the thing snipped a little too early, right? Because because they're operating and doing that is not meaning you're operating out of fear. But I think a lot of us a lot of us jump to really permanent solutions based on fear or consumption rather than going very, very, very slow and making sure the Lord is taking us down that direction. Mm. I think totally, I think I totally think the Lord can command you and you can live in obedience towards those directions of him saying like, yeah, you're done. You're done.
1: Or especially if there's a health issue or something like that. And
0: that's obviously an outlier for sure. But I'm just saying, I think I get, it it bums me out because I do think because of, I just, I just, this is one issue. I just want to be really careful with people on because I always it's hard to not be like, man, and it's easy to see how we all operate in this, but man, I don't like, do we realize how much of a blessing a child is? Mm -hmm. Do we realize how much just one more is a gift from the very heart of God to bless our team and the world in this, the city we live in and how many of us are maybe not how many of us Out, Because fear blocks imagination. You can't be fearful and imaginative, I feel like, at the same time. And so when you're living in fear, you can't even imagine the future God has for Mm. you. You can't even imagine to live in that future. Now, that's different than, again, if he just says, I think, you know, if you have one kid and you feel in your heart by the Spirit of God, like, hey, we're done. This is our team. That's chill. That's what it is. But I do think a lot of us go very fast down solution, permanent solutions or just blocking that because we're making decisions based out of fear, which is unhealthy or consumption rather than contribution, which seems to be more the discipleship model that Jesus lays out in the scriptures, et cetera. So does that make sense? Yes. Okay. That's good. So just let's just well said, well said. Yeah. So that's boom. That's the thesis. That's a the center. Now I think there is some nuances now. Well, that was nuanced hopefully, but there's more nuances. <laughs> one, one thing I would say is, yeah, the cost one is certainly up there, but one thing I'll say that's been really, I mean, I, I struggle with this one because I don't know anyone who could have like grown up, poorer than me. And like, and we still had like a couple, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. And and if mom, you're listening, my mom's a saint. She's awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we growing up, it was food stamps, section eight housing, you know, I don't know, cause I was a kid, but I'm guessing, you know, that probably put us borderline homeless a couple times. Texting mom, if I'm right. Um, you know, uh, moving a lot like uh you know f- all uh, free lunches at the schools like literally we were just like yeah very very poor but yet by the providence of god like we got by and community specifically like we, that's what's cool is man the lord was so providential in people that he surrounded us with that helped us and took care of us but money is an issue but one thing i'll say that really i think in general you have to just be wise with it one thing that i heard that i think is really helpful is Kids aren't expensive. Lifestyles are expensive, because mm. I think we think kids are really, really, really expensive. They're yeah. not. You know what's really, really, really expensive? Having to get that new baby swing every time you have a baby. <laughs> you know what's really expensive? Uh, having to get you know all these you know X diapers and clothes and onesies and that cool little new thing that comes with an app that allows you to rock your baby to sleep. That's expensive. The baby it's not expensive. Like to me, I just really struggle with that one because like people are having babies literally in the whole world, like third world countries. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. all like, and I've seen people like we've been to Uganda and this is like parts, places where they live in huts and there seems to be a level of joy, not necessarily like that their quality of life shouldn't and couldn't be raised. Um, and that we can help them and hope, you know, and that there can be initiatives that can help them in that. But like the, the, you still see very strong, beautiful, beautiful, parental kid relationships. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't, you know, and usually bigger families. I don't know. So I just, that, yeah. one, that one I kind of struggle with, but there is, so so I think lifestyles are expensive, not kids, but there is still wisdom in like, it is it is a, kids do are another cost and another thing and another mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly how to answer that one. I just think sometimes we use that reason when we're- I think,
1: I think it can be um, something to check your- m- like do you Thoughts think, about if you like are in private school and you wanna to go to Ivy League school and you wanna put them in like um the the you know special baseball and all these yeah. things and you're like, Oh, I can't afford another child then maybe oh well do they need those things yeah. type of thing.
0: And and I think too it just kinda of sometimes is hard too because, you know, a hundred years ago you could have these kids They were coming to actually help you make more money, Mm -hmm. be contributors on the farm, when now they do sap from us in some regard a little bit more financially. But then on top of that, we are also a country that's up to our eyeballs in debt. Mm -hmm. And we over leverage ourselves and we overspend ourselves and we live way above our means rather than way below our means. And so it's sad to me that usually we make the decision to over leverage ourselves and go into a ton of debt to get the house and the car but we won't do that for a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing to me that yeah. we like that the minute it's like oh the child's too costly we're good but we're going to you know be over here with debt in like you know seven different places. Mm-hmm. Um when I don't it's just like <laughs> to me that seems like a priority check. Yeah. And something that I would have to check up with us, you know? And like, and, 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 and yeah, it's hard, man. I, I feel, we feel it. A baby starts coming and you're like, Ooh, we got to get some things. We got to do some things. <laughs> um, but I think it was really good for us with Lucy, you know, even in a more tiny financially strained season with Lucy, I would say that like, you know, we had to like, kind of be like, Ooh, do we need that? Do we not mm-hmm, need that? Mm-hmm. Do we, can we get that? Can we borrow that? Can we Craigslist that for really cheap? Can we sell some things? Like, so there's a level there that that's, Yeah. Um, the other one, overpopulation and stewardship of the earth. This one was funny because I started telling Alyssa that this is actually like a legitimate thing that people talk about. And she I was had like surprised. no <laughs>
1: idea. It didn't even make sense to me.
0: Yeah. One thing I will say on this so wait, one, guys.
1: Explain it though for those that don't know, like me.
0: There is a stream of thought that would say kind of like, how can you bring another kid into this world because of the po- the problems of basically overpopulation, carbon emissions, our footprint, all that different thing. Um, that kind of like that, like we're gonna kind of kill the earth if we keep having a bunch of babies.
1: And I just said, isn't the birth weight rate like way down?
0: Yeah, so that's what like people funny, are having yeah. less
1: and less babies.
0: Yeah, so this one does seem to me actually like pretty unfounded, and even like a lot of secular people actually kind of put the brakes on that one and say like, yeah, it's like trendy because we're so green right now mm-hmm. and we're so, and I and we should be, we should take care of the earth. We should be people who steward it. It's God's creation. What a beautiful gift but i think that makes us then sometimes in culture people that believe in that stuff because they're not coming from the right framework then it just becomes trendy and we hop on every single green bandwagon and one of those is like kids um and yeah it's pretty unfounded and even secular people have psychologists sociologists People have studied this and just said that, like, yeah, we're not even close to that yet. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of different things. There's one. It's funny that, like, no one says that in other parts of the world. And what I'm saying with that is, like, what is what is America? I think America is, like, 12% of the world's population. But we drain, like, 60 or 50% of the world's resources. Wow. So, like, we are just, like, gorging ourselves mm. in this country on energy and on, you know, the carbon footprint and all these different mm-hmm. things um, and so it's really not a world that, that's like it's really actually a stewardship issue and a resource mm-hmm. issue not like like we have enough mm-hmm. we have enough in this world for plenty more people we have enough space in this world for plenty more people it's just there's a select few usually the white rich countries that are disproportionately hurting the earth Um, because of their beliefs and their value systems. And to me, that's interesting because if it was an overpopulation issue, then it'd be the whole world would have the problem Mm -hmm. when it's kind of more just in a very select few areas, usually affluent elite. Um, And so, yeah, that's not a huge deal. One thing I would say though too that's interesting about that is like you said, the birth rate, like the fertility rate's actually down lower than it ever has been in a while. So we're actually not even like as a whole, even if you overpopulate
1: with like five (laughs) kids,
0: like we're not, the country isn't and the and the, the world isn't. Another one is like Japan is a fascinating case study on the flip side of this, mm. where Japan actually has one of the lowest fertility rates in the world. Um, and they're actually at the point where they show you what the how this plays out and it doesn't play out well.
1: Are they only allowed to have one or two babies That's per China. family? But oh, um Oh. Oh, but, it's Japan. They just like, they're just not having babies.
0: Huh? No, you, they'll actually pay you there in a couple of different cities to have it because it's
1: to have a baby.
0: Yeah. And oh. like, they'll pay for your daycare. They'll pay for the kids school wow. because they want their and Here's why guys, there's actually an enormous economic impact when you don't.
1: Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying,
0: like, here, here's one thing. There's, there's a bunch of old people in Japan right now that have no one to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And that's an enormous billion dollar cost on the country. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because what's the normal way that you actually take care of old people? The family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: normal. Now, of course there's hospitals and hospice and all that, but the normal way is like younger people mm-hmm. take care of the older people. Yeah. But guys, you and you can Google this, this is an actual norm, enormous problem of old people basically just dying alone, an enormous burden mm-hmm. on the actual healthcare of the country and just the economic output that that's affecting with also young people and workers and manufacturing. It's actually like eroding the country and it's a severe 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 problem for them and so that's also just one thing too this isn't just like the oh yeah let's have less kids and the earth's just going to be a lot better mm. <laughs> yeah japan's about 20 years ahead of us on that and it's not going well mm-hmm. it's not going well so that's what i would say on that um man i got lots more but this is like a half an hour and we like we to keep do it within part, the... we
1: could do two parts
0: part one and part two maybe we will um here's the thing though guys whatever you thought go on that instagram post we can keep that post going Hashtag Jeff's Dad thoughts um and just it's like one or two posts back it's a face it's a picture of just lucy's face looking up on a towel <laughs> um and comment let us know what you thought but yeah any final thoughts about well, family size the questions we were asking the things you should be thinking I through think,
1: i think the main takeaway that we're getting at is um the main thing is that children are a blessing and do we really believe that mm. or do we have fear when it comes to having a family or or is there things in our past or how our family was that makes us fearful of having families or we need healing from or misguided um, thoughts about family? Um, just to really check our heart. And then I think just what you said, like, I think on the flip side, there's a lot of us that really desire children and really desire big families or um, bigger families than what we have. And a lot of us aren't able to have those kids from whatever, maybe miscarriages or you're not able to get pregnant or you're not married or, um, whatever, whatever it could be. And so just hearing our hearts behind that, like, um, like the Lord sees that. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about like, maybe more the heart motivation and the thinking behind having children and that God loves the desire that you want children. And, um, they really are just like the biggest blessing. And I think even if you don't have children having, like you said, spiritual children, um, like our Jeff's aunt and uncle, which actually isn't even his aunt and uncle. It's just kind of like, um, she kind of almost adopted Jeff when he was little and was really good friends with his mom. And, um, has just been a huge blessing in our lives. They, she got married later on in life and didn't have any children, but man, like Jeff is like her child in a way. And, um, like she has, I think so much of why Jeff is the way he is, is, um, not only from his mom, but also from this aunt and just the years she prayed for him and, and so many others. And so I just think that is such a, such a blessing. And I love seeing that in the kingdom of God, like that's God's heart, whether we have biological children or whatever your family looks like, like to just raise disciples and pour into people and children are a blessing. To, so to see it like that.
0: Totally. So that's what we'll end with you guys is um, wherever you're at, God has a vision for your team. This is what we're trying to say. God has a vision for your team. Mm-hmm. Are you living in his vision? Or are you being informed by culture, by unhealthy you know, ideals and values. Because that's another thing, too, is don't shoot for this ideal family size, shoot for God's heart for your mm-hmm. team. And that can mean zero, it change one, throughout the years. eight. Yes, and it flexes and yeah. it changes it and it, have an open hand. And there's surprises. You can yeah. think it's this and then all of a sudden you're pregnant or you can think it's this and then all of a sudden it's really hard to get him pregnant and then like or he's taking you down a particular path
1: to foster care later yes. on in life or adoption, whatever Totally, it like.
0: so God has a vision for your team mm-hmm. and so many times I think we let the web of cultural lies inform our decision on that and we're just saying make sure that you're really shooting for God's vision living mm-hmm. in it because that's when your team will flourish the most. That's when you will for us the most and that's what will be the most blessing so we love you guys have a great week